So we're continuing in this series, Everyone Everywhere, and Matt kicked us off last week with a three-part um, kind of message where we're talking about following God's leads, and he talked about the promptings of God, the, the nudges of God, if you like, and today we're going to be pushing into that a little bit more, and we're going to be exploring this word of proximity, which I'm sure you'd agree is fairly ironic in the light of this lockdown news when we're being told to stay away, when we're being told make distance, we're actually pushing into proximity today and we're pushing into making sure that there's a closeness and nearness um, amongst us for people. And then Alex next week is just going to be continuing on in the third part of that message and what it looks like to follow, us, follow God's lead in the process. So, you know, it's really, really interesting that the dictionary defines that word proximity as nearness in space, time, relationship or closeness and so when we look at following God's lead proximity what we're wanting to do together is explore what that means when we get close to people and when we get close to people as we explore faith and so Matt drew us into this story um, in Acts 8 where the church starts to scatter and Philip and many of the other disciples get this necessary nudge out of Jerusalem and we see the explosion of the church through Samaria and then to the ends of the earth with Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch and church you know today we need to understand more than ever in this moment the importance of proximity the importance of space time relationship and closeness to each other mm. and God is calling us to be a church that um, recognize that every space is a mission field and that every moment is a mission opportunity for everyone everywhere is loved and he said for see the gospel scattered, for us to understand what that looks like to be his scattered service, we need to get a better understanding of proximity. And Philip was learning this amongst many other people. And so Matt's just going to read the encounter that's next found within this Acts 8 story so we can understand what happens and what they learn. So uh, if you remember, Philip's on the desert road from Gaza and he sees the Ethiopian and this is Acts chapter eight, picking up verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. And so then in the story, we see that um, he's been reading from the book of Isaiah. And then in verse 34, the eunuch asks Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Thank you. You know, I absolutely love this story. I love that there are so many nuggets all the way through this story that teach us what this word proximity and what it looks like to be close to each other is. And so I want us to explore together in our, our time today three points on how we can put into practice this word proximity and how we can be people that lean into the mandate of everyone everywhere. So the first thing I want to explore is that proximity, it takes effort. Proximity 
proximity takes effort. And to continuously put effort and intentionally put in effort into our Christian faith and be a people that live for everyone everywhere is absolutely demonstrated in this story. You know, even Philip's journey from Jerusalem to Gaza was an absolute proper trek. You know, from the map, it would suggest that it was something within the timeline of, of 60 miles. And that back then would have been two two days worth of walking and solid um, um, journey. And in Acts 8 verse 29, as Matt's just read, it says the spirit told Philip, go to the chariot, stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading from Isaiah the prophet. So we're seeing here drive, we're seeing here effort that's really been applied, that go, stay near, run. It's describing to us that proximity takes effort. So when the spirit says to Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it, the Greek word is really interesting here. And the Greek word for that stay near it is koleo. And it literally means to glue together, to cement, to fasten together and to join yourself too. And I find that really, really encouraging, but also really, really challenging. So notice that the spirit doesn't say join yourself to the Ethiopian. It's not about intruding a person's space, but the spirit says to Philip, glue yourself to the chariot. Be in the environment of the Ethiopian. Mm. And so here's the incredible point for us all to grab hold onto today. For us to fulfill the Great Commission, we have to be glued to the environment of people who need Jesus. Mm. If we are going to reach people, we need to be close to people. And if most of our friends are Christians, and if most of our environments are church, then there is something very wrong. And we are not achieving and fulfilling the call to be everyone everywhere. And the problem is, is that for most of us, it's not that we don't have these connections. It's that we don't dare own the responsibility to love. And it's that we don't dare own the responsibility to learn. Friends, you know, myself included, we need to do some unlearning here. Because for too long, the church has stayed away from the spaces and places that God has called us to be closer to. We need to understand the importance of proximity and that every place is a mission field and that every moment is a mission opportunity and that everyone everywhere is loved. So there are people places and spaces that we have strayed and stayed away from for too long when actually God is saying this is your desert road Mm. this is where proximity requires effort so who is God calling you to Kalo with who is God calling you to be near with to be glued together cemented fastened together and that leads me on to our second point so our second point is that proximity it takes risk And so Philip was led by the spirit to the crowd, from the crowds to the one. And he was nudged from the success of that moment of seeing many of Samaria respond to the gospel to actually something even greater. And in immediate obedience, Philip, with very little information, but complete trust in God, starts to actually go. And he sets out, but we know that it's most certainly a risk. Remember what Matt said last week about the desert road. It wouldn't have been a road that you would have chosen, but it was necessary for Philip to go because he was being sent for the masses to the one. And for God to summon Philip from a thriving ministry in Samaria, then to the wilderness of the the Judean hills, it's not an irrational move. 
we see God do this time and time and time again, because God's goal is not only about quantity, it's also about quality. And proximity causes us to lean into this understanding that it is not about numbers. It's about quality time. It's about quality relationships and it's about quality closeness. And there are so many nuggets for us to draw from in this story about how we can understand proximity. And I want to journey us through these together. You see, Philip could have created all manner of excuses as to why he shouldn't approach it, approach that eunuch that day and why he shouldn't have got closer to that charity that charity, that <laughs> chariot. For example, you know, religious differences, he's a Jew and the Ethiopian was a Gentile. Racial differences, he was Greek and the Ethiopian was clearly Ethiopian. Vocational differences, that Philip was a evangelist and the Ethiopian was a high-powered government official. Um, economic differences, he was pretty poor, but we're seeing there through the eunuch that he was incredibly wealthy. This guy had his own chariot and Philip's about to discover that he owns his own um, Bible, which is incredibly unique and rare in that moment. Physical differences, you know, Philip would have been dirty and sweaty from the journey, but actually this Ethiopian was clean and um, was presentable. Yet Philip, he ignores all these barriers, mm. he ignores all these differences, and he ignores his own prejudice because he's aware in that moment that he wants to be a person that crosses any divide. Why? Because he understands that Jesus is for everyone, everywhere. But actually, you know, for me, this story is one of a two-way learning. And I wonder, is it possible that it's actually the eunuch who is teaching Philip to do proximity and who is your neighbour well, rather than the other way around? You see, here we see that Philip is in training for the one. Philip is in training for how to do proximity well. He is in the fast lane. He has been fast-tracked to recognise that proximity takes effort and proximity takes risk. Risk of being hurt risk of getting it wrong, risk of rejection, risk of reputation, risk of being unsuccessful. All these things were understandably probably swirling around Philip's brain there in that moment. But here in this story, we see Philip and we see the eunuch learning from each other. And I feel in this moment, Philip learns that the way of Jesus is more inclusive than he'd ever thought. Mm. And the eunuch is present in this moment where he's thinking, the way of Jesus is more inclusive than I'd ever thought as well. It's an incredible moment that helps us to recognize that proximity, yes, it takes effort. And proximity, yes, it takes risk. And we accord to go on that journey as well. And our final point today as we continue to lean into this story is that proximity takes humility. Proximity takes humility. And as we draw to a close and as we continue to focus on this story, we need to understand that, you know, as Christians, we need to get off our high horses. Mm. We need to get off our middle class uh, presumptions and conclusions and judgments and learn to lean into and defer to each other. You know, church, we are not the answer. We don't always get it right. Jesus is the only answer. And our first approach when it comes to proximity and being a person that takes seriously the mandate to be everyone everywhere has to start from a place of humility. And so verse 30, you see there in the story that Matt read, that Philip approaches the eunuch and he says, do you understand what you're reading? 
he asks a question before he even thinks about giving any answers. So you notice that Philip didn't go up to the Ethiopian eunuch and say, let me tell you about Jesus, or let me call you out for who you are or how you're living. He ran over mm. to the Ethiopian and he glued himself to the chariot and he glued himself closer to the Ethiopian to say, can I help you? Mm. Now that to me sounds like an amazing start in terms of being uh, people that want to share Jesus to others. And Philip, from that place, he then waits for an invitation. You see, our Christian faith and our desire to share Jesus should never be imposing, but it should always be invitational. And so in verse 31, we see the eunuch invites him. Now, if you're watching this and you're reading into this story, you're thinking score. And if you're looking at it through the lens of Philip and evangelism, you're thinking probably this is an absolute win for Philip here. But let's take a moment to explore what Philip would have been thinking and feeling in this moment and all the cultural side of what would have been happening. You know, in this moment, Philip, Philip is most likely on the fence here. And actually, he's probably gripping it because on one side, he's probably feeling totally excited about this opportunity to enter into the chariot and tell the Ethiopian eunuch more about Jesus. But on the other side, he's probably thinking, wow, is this right? Is this even allowed? You see, we need to understand that in this story with, the, that with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, that this is an excluded foreigner. This is someone who's rejected by the Jews because to be emasculated, that would mean that you wouldn't be even allowed into the temple. And, you know, kids, if you want to know what that word emasculated means, then you can ask your parents later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But oh, seriously, yeah, you're going to love me for that. <laughs> but seriously, let's just put ourselves right in the position of this moment. You've got an excluded foreigner. You've got someone who's rejected by Jews and emasculated, inviting Philip into the chariot and saying, join with me in this moment and right there and then Philip gets in. This is an amazing, fascinating story because we're watching effort, we're watching risk, we're watching humility to each other being played out so that why? Proximity, closeness and relationship can bring about a foundation to share the good news of Jesus well. They're both learning, they're both leaning into this moment and, you know, when we read this story over and over again, we think that Philip is the shining star. But actually, you know, the eunuch is just as much to be praised and just as much to be recognized for his moment as they both then take on actions to scatter the gospel. You see, this moment with the Ethiopian eunuch, it graphically demonstrates the inclusivity of the gospel and it hugely challenges to pay attention today to notice and learn from this story that there is no apparent obstacle. There's no physical defect, no race, no geographical remoteness that can ever place a person beyond the saving grace, core mm. and love of God. He is for everyone, everywhere. And so the story goes on to say that the Ethiopian eunuch says, tell me more. And here and then you see this amazing permission moment you see, proximity creates permission. It creates a foundation. It creates a space for trust and relationship, etc., to grow. So Philip starts to share the gospel from that place of permission. And verse 36 records that as, as they travel, they're sharing in these moments and these opportunities of Jesus. And we learn there that proximity is a process. And that's something that Alex will explore with us a bit more next week. 
And it's such a privilege to travel with people and recognize that sometimes it's not just an event, but it's a journey as we get closer to people so that they too can get closer to Jesus. And then here we get to the summary of the story when in verse 36, once again, it's the eunuch leading the way, it's the eunuch being just as humble as Philip is. And he says, look, here is some water. And then he says this incredible question, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? And friends, you know, this is a standout moment for me as I re read this story for like the hundredth time. Friends, what can stand in the way of ever anyone being baptized? Absolutely nothing. And I think there was a mic drop moment in that, in that time when Philip looked at the eunuch and the eunuch looked back at Philip and they realized nothing can stand in the way of someone in Jesus. Absolutely no cultural divide, no racial divide, no economic circumstance can stop someone from entering into the love of God. So there and then, Philip has this incredible privileged moment to see uh, the Ethiopian unit be baptised. And then what happens? The Spirit of God nudges him up again and he knows this season and he's learnt the lessons. So this proximity moment it creates one of the most amazing encounters that changes both of their lives forever. And it not only changes both their lives, but it changes an entire nation as they see the gospel go to the ends of the earth. You know, 2000 years later, you may be interested to know that 65% of Ethiopia is now Christian as a result of this, this one moment. Now this radically challenges, but radically encourages me about our responsibility and about our understanding to lean in and to respond to the everyone everywhere mandate. So yes, proximity takes effort. And yes, proximity takes risk. And yes, proximity takes humility. And yet all of us are called to step into this moment. And this moment is not just for the Phillips of this world. It's not just for the well-known evangelists. It's for us. It's for us to enter into. As we come to a close today, I want to read a quote from a book called Utter Obedience. And it's an author called John Wimber. And he says this. He says, the economy of the kingdom of God is quite simple. Every new step in the kingdom costs us everything we have gained to date. Every time we cross a new threshold, it costs us everything we now have. Every new step costs us all the reputation and security we have accumulated up until that point. It costs us our life. A disciple is always ready to take the next step. And if there is anything that characterizes Christian maturity, it is the willingness to become a beginner again for Jesus Christ. It is the willingness to put out our hand and say, I'm scared half to death, but I will go with you because you're the pearl of a great price. And I just think, wow, what a moment. Mm. What a quote for us to finish and land on in this moment. That yes, the kingdom of God is risky. That yes, to be everyone everywhere is effort and requires humility. But actually, what characterizes our Christian relationship, what characterizes our Christian maturity, it's the willingness to become a beginner again with Jesus Christ. And in this moment, it's the willingness, friends, to say, I'm scared half to death, but I will go 
anyway, just like Philip did. Yes, it takes effort. Yes, it takes risk. Yes, it takes humility. And right now in this moment, as we face another a lockdown, and as we face trying to work out, well, how? How, Amy? How do we do proximity in the middle of a pandemic? We need to know that now more than ever, there's a need to push into proximity. There are lonely, isolated, lost people that need Jesus. And sometimes it's us that stands in the way. Sometimes it's our own fears, our own reservations, our own struggles. So in this moment, we want to just leave space to pause. Say, God, would you forgive us for when we don't do proximity well? Would you forgive us for when we recognise that we've missed out on recognising that every moment is a mission opportunity and every space is a mission field because your love is for everyone, everywhere. Thank you, God. So we just lean into this moment. We're just going to just for a minute or so, just make space for Holy Spirit to come and do what he wants to do. I would encourage you right now, with the Lord, just to say, who, what, where do I need to do proximity better? And even beyond the current restrictions, which yes, we need to be obedient to, don't let us fall. Don't let it fool us that we can't do proximity. There's always a way. There's always a way to connect. Jesus made it possible. So who, what, where do we need to be glued with and glued to? Why do we need to do proximity better? Because Jesus is needed in this moment. 